Welcome to the Feminine Truth Podcast with Mary Miranda, a place where you can reconnect with your wild, cyclical, and fierce truth. I am Mary Miranda, a mentor, coach, healer, and intuitive. I guide women on a journey of remembrance, reconnection, and embodiment of who they are, their essence, power, and truth by reawakening the power of their feminine energy, womb, and menstrual cycles. Join me each week to indulge in raw, unedited, and unfiltered topics to help women own and step into their divine feminine truth and become unshakable, unapologetic, and bold in who they truly are. Let's jump into today's conversation. Welcome to another episode of the Feminine Truth Podcast. Today, I'm very excited to have such an amazing woman who is here from Chicago like me. Her name is Sarah Tyler or Taylor. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for welcoming he and me, I'm sorry, and having me join you this afternoon. It's pretty exciting. So I love, love talking and small talk with women. So this is just right up my alley and it's so necessary. So I'm excited. Yes. And we're also going to, I'm going to let you know that this podcast might be a little bit of Spanglish. We're going to infuse our own flavors, <laughs> a few things, because it's just who we are. And I have been dying to have a conversation where... I speak the way I speak in the conversation, you know, I, I switch back and forth. So hopefully this is going to be the first episode of many where I interview women where we are speaking Spanglish in a way. So. <laughs> in our comfort zone, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so Sarah, so how did you get here? Like, tell us a little bit about your journey that led you to where you are today and who you are today. <laughs> Yes. So my journey came from a place of need and necessity and a place of um, trauma. I am a survivor of domestic violence. I came and I'm also of, I call it survivor of domestic violence personally as far as to me, but I'm also had witnessed domestic violence growing up in my household. So I've been around a lot of volatile situations, let's say that. Um, but within my own experience, this is how I decided to launch a nonprofit organization to help women like myself with similar stories um, find a way to facilitate healing for themselves and for those within their community and their household. So my story came from a place when I, you know, once I closed that chapter with an individual that I was involved in, I saw myself in kind of like an isolation. Um, I still had to deal with that truth that I allowed someone for so long to um, violate me physically and mentally and emotionally that seeking healing was something that was kind of in my life at that time was impossible in a sense. There's something I just have to deal with and take it one day at a time and healing was something that's something that's going to get to later on in life, you know? Um, but I noticed that when I had that philosophy, that mindset, I was jumping from relationship to relationship with the same baggage, the same trauma. So I noticed like, I can't continue like this. I need to find some resolve and some healing. So I did get some therapy, but nothing was still working, was not impacting me. It wasn't connecting, right? As a look at this, it wasn't connecting. So I knew that, like, you know what? I was... I've always been that person, like, look, I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna have my own fitter. I'm not a perfectionist in myself. I know I feel like I don't have all of the answers, but I have some answers. So I dug in deep within myself, like, let me just start with just something I can create a small group with myself, small group of women. Let's talk about our issues and see how, how this goes. And sure enough, I started Yosoya and it blossomed to what it is today. And I just never thought, you know, within my own isolation that so many people experience very similar stories, very similar journeys and challenges as I did. So Yosoya is still here since 2012, still here doing the same work of connecting and providing a place for women to feel safe and find a place where women can feel belong. Oh my mm -hmm. God, we're, we're 2012. That's when I left my toxic, emotionally, psychologically, verbally abusive relationship. I was never mm -hmm. physically abused, but the aftermath of that relationship was so impactful for me that I, mm -hmm. I was so asleep throughout my life, like 30 mm -hmm. years of being asleep. And that relationship was what awakened me. Yeah. I realized that I had to look within myself and start healing. 
And the sad thing is that I knew no one, no one would understand me, no one would understand what I had gone through. Because mm-hmm. physical abuse, it's pretty intense on its own. Mm-hmm. But the abuse that we also and, I, and you went through it, the emotional, psychological, verbal, like, oh, I got chills. A lot of people don't consider that abuse because there's no evidence and they don't know the impact in your soul, in your body, in your mind, in your health. So I started reading this book, uh, Mujeres Que Aman Demasiado, in Spanish, mm. in Spanish, which I don't really read in Spanish, but I found it somehow mm. on the, at Barts and Noble, I got it, I started reading, I was like, oh my God, how did I not know this? And my household was not an abusive household, physically abusive, well, like, you know, chancla culture, <laughs> I grew up with a chancla cinturon, <laughs> typical stuff in Mexico. Mm-hmm. But it was not like I was abused on purpose or just because my dad was a drunk, nothing like that, mm-hmm. like nothing like that. So I just couldn't really connect the dots. But then I would see some patterns mm-hmm. and I would see why I kept attracting the same type of person, just a different name, different face, you know, but it was like the same man in a way. It's like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. how am I getting the same man so many times? <laughs> so I wish I would have found you then. I <laughs> and part of the book is that mm-hmm. they had like a love or some support in Mexico I couldn't find it I wrote them I wrote you have to tell me this book yes I wrote my story it's it's a lot it's been out for so many years it's uh (sighs) love too much by Robin Norwood and but I read it in Spanish and it was just so impactful for me because it awakened me to know that how your childhood impacts the who you are and the people you attract, you know, and it was the first time I was connecting the dots. And I just got obsessed with that stuff and codependency, narcissistic abuse. And as that's how I started. So I emailed them my story, because I wanted a support, I wanted a support group of women. And they emailed me back, but they never really responded. It was not, it was through emails. So you couldn't really feel the connection. <laughs> so I wish I would have known about your, your non nonprofit organization. So, <laughs> yo soy ella. Esto. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? So and in English, as it translates to I am her or I am she, however you're using the verb, right? Um, but it's an organization that is um, for women of color who are in need of any, any, any emotional and mental health um, support. A lot of times I've realized that a lot of things are not always mental. You know, a lot of things are just some emotional instability. A lot of times we um, get a little bit shaken up emotionally or feel like we've been betrayed. It doesn't serve that a diagnosis, let's say, it doesn't serve like a mental issue. We're just being emotionally betrayed. And um, we're so fragile emotionally as women, as as it is. So I had to create something that not only um, impacts the mental need or the concerns or the mental condition that we have, that our emotional heart conditions and how we process. I always say women process through emotions, men process through logic. One or the other is not bad, but it's just that this is just the way we're, we're made, you know? So I knew that I had to create something that a support system that embodies both the mental and emotional conditions of women, especially women of color who have a little bit more of a challenge in the world that we live in today. So that's just the way. So how do you deal? And this is just a personal question that I have for me. Mm -hmm. I, I still struggle considering myself a woman of color. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is because my skin, I'm a Mm -hmm. Mexican and I, a lot of people say I don't look Mexican. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, but I am. Well, I'm mestiza. I'm part of colonization, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but I still struggle right now that you're saying this for women of color. I'm like, oh, do I fit in? Right away, it. Came <laughs> and I was like, I know I fit in, but it's like, <laughs> how do you deal when someone comes to you and they're like, oh, do I belong? Do I not belong? <laughs> You know what? I think women of color is just a, it's just a, a buffer statement, you know, but of course the, the sense of that comes in with the layers that come behind it is the cultural identity, right? So you may, I'm looking at you today, you know, typically you are, you do look like, you know, a white woman, if I not know anything further about you. Um, But if you look at me as a black woman, if you know anything else about me, that I would look Latina. So we can say that about each other, right? (laughs) We're both opposites right now. Um, But we, 
we definitely come in with women that, you know, have um, Eurocentric features. And we already knew that if that's something that, you know, you identify with, that's, that is what it is. There's nothing we turn away from. But we welcome all women regardless of color. But we do have a lot of Latina and um, other women of cultures who do look Eurocentric and kind of have some challenges in identifying Am I a color or not? No, it's all about your ethnicity and where that lies, you know. But phenotypically, we know we get pushed back from our own cultures, like, oh, you're too white or you're too morenita, you know. You know how that goes in Latino culture. La más morena always becomes like the black sheep of the family, right? And la más blanquita gets elevated, you know, pretty girl privilege. That's what we call it, right? So it's, um, it's something that we have to, that's also something we have to work on within our culture too, the colorism. I don't know. Yeah, I could totally definitely. understand. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I can see myself having slightly more privilege in so many things because mm -hmm. of my skin color, even through dating that's happened, especially because mm -hmm. I'm, I am attracted to white men. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I am. <laughs> and there is a preference to them for me, a Latina versus someone that looks more like a darker skin Latina, yeah. which is so unfair, but there's like, I have to own that. I do have a little bit more privilege which mm -hmm. sucks and it hurts in a way, you know, because I'm like, oh, but I'm really Mexican. I'm from a ranchito. <laughs> I'm a pueblito person. Like there's cows, there's, <laughs> there's goats. Like, mm -hmm. like I am not, like, I didn't grow up rich. I didn't grow up. My environment was very humble. My dad yeah. was always here working and mm -hmm. we came here. I came here um, officially to live with him when mm -hmm. I was 14. So there was this cultural identity, like, clash for me that simulation mm -hmm. it still hasn't happened i'm like some days i'm like i don't feel mexican but i don't feel like from here is like i don't feel is this belonging that not fitting in it's always been within me and it's just that's something that i'm still processing so the past two years i've been working through the colonization through the privilege through all of this and last year during the black lives matter and everything that happened it's just so much. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like a, it was like the world woke up, you know, a lot of the underlying issues that have been going on from the beginning of time, it just blew up, you know, the carpet lifted and everyone kind of like starts seeing their true selves, even Latino people of all cultures, Asian people, everyone started looking like, you know, do I have anti-blackness? Do I have biases? Do I have stigmas? You know, everyone started doing some type of work, you know, to kind of like dismantle some of the systemic racial structures that we've been blinded by, you know, even myself, you know? Um, so it was an interesting year to say <laughs> for the I culture. Have, yeah, no, I also had to look within myself and I was like, okay, we need to get more trauma informed. We need to get more, um, inform our racism and all of that. So I started like buying courses. I was living in Mexico due to COVID. So I started just diving deeper into that because I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm like, I do have some type of racism discrimination within me that I was not even acknowledging. So that was like a huge awakening for so many people. And I even think in the mental aspect, a lot of people went through so much stress, so much emotions like being locked down into a home confined with um others and also i do know that domestic violence increased yes Did domestic violence has increased so in your um in your organization of women coming asking for help because of covid or things that happen at home yeah women you know during the i always it, it was a, a big it's like it's like everything exacerbated itself. You know, if it was domestic violence exacerbated, if it's related to poverty, whatever, every different dynamic when it relates to the world of just um, human need has exacerbated itself. But when it comes to domestic violence, you know, people say stay at home, safe at home, those slogans, those cliches that were used across social media and the news, home is safe, stay at home. And like that reality does not speak true to a lot of women who are facing domestic violence. And um, it was what, it was a really, really hard year because we just couldn't figure out a way to be present for her or that individual that's undergoing that abuse and be safe at the same time. So we just had to figure out um, a unique way of um, kind of like um, providing telehealth like this, making sure that she was able to speak to someone 
um, creating signals, you know, hey, put on a toita roja at your front porch, una toita roja or una, like a, a blue ribbon or pink ribbon, code ribbons to let somebody know that you need help. We had to really pivot the way we did work and get really creative on how to pretty much create safety for these people, uh, for this population, I'm sorry. Um, but it was just a weird, unique um, way. Thankfully, that all the people that we service, no one um, needed um severe help in the sense that no one was hospitalized and you know to that extreme thank god so most of the things some of most of the domestic violence encounters that we had were manageable and we were able to have them get some type of um, resource a referral source through referral based organizations but yeah it was it was it was interesting but overwhelming yeah overwhelming i bet i bet, I bet. so you guys so when someone wants to join the organization or how do they go about being part of Yo Soy Ella? So yeah, Yo Soy Ella has a sense, uh, we, have, we call it members. So we have members and participants are those who are need, need we call it participants or clients who need our support or want to be part of the group work that we do. But if you want to become a member, meaning you want to uh, be part of the guidance committee, right? Help guide women to healing or be a part of the, the sisterhood. Um, let's say we, you know, all you have to do is reach out to me by, via email. And I like to connect and talk to women because you're, you're doing healing work. So that we don't expect you to have everything together, but we also don't, ex- we, you know, the energy's, you know, energy's real. So <laughs> energy is real. So if you're coming in and you're like coming in, like, I want to save the world. Because yeah. I don't, uh, it's not a good fit for us because we were dealing with very delicate souls, um, fragile souls. So we've got to make sure we don't expect you to have it all together, but we want to make sure that you, um, don't need so much help yourself that you are not in a place to help someone else. Mm. So it comes to, we do a lot of talking and getting to know people we don't remember, but it's easy. All you have to do is email me. I have a welcoming spirit. I have a welcoming policy. Email me. My door is open. If you want to be interested in the way, I'm sure I'll provide that information after the podcast. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That would be something too. I'm even interested in, <laughs> I, you know, like anyone that gets to listen to this podcast, if they're interested mm-hmm. in contributing, because it's so impactful when you help guide a woman, a woman or anyone from mm-hmm. that low place that when they are being abused to empowerment. Yes. And, this, and, and you said it right, Mary, like, because when you're guiding a woman through empowerment and when you're empowering a woman, you're empowering a community. Yeah. That one woman empowers a community and that one woman empowers her household. If we can get her together, I guarantee that a household will have a lot more ease to existing and then she'll be able to have more energy and capacity to pour into her community. And I think it's important that we look at it that way. That's what I say women matter. Communities of women matter. You know, I think women need communities. Yes. And there's this thing that women turn against each other due to the patriarchy and all of this that's happened, right? That we are just like comparing, we're hitting on each other, jealousy, envy, especially these women that leave these relationships, they have trust issues because they have been so abused, their worth, their value, who they are. And when you you come to a place that is safe, and women show you, you can trust and you can bond. You can have like a red tent, like back in the day, you know, like sisterhood, you support each other. It's so healing too. Not only for your group, for example, but for the feminine collective. It's because it <laughs> creates a ripple effect, right? Exactly. And it's just some things I wish, like I'm getting goosebumps all over, seriously. <laughs> I wish I would have had that because my journey of healing has been solitary it's been alone. And like you, I went to therapy, and they were supposed to be very knowledgeable about codependency and narcissistic abuse. And I was not helped. I was not helped. Maybe it was something within me that was not open to it. But I just felt like I was stuck in the same, saying the same story, always the same, always the same. I didn't feel a change. I'm like, I feel stuck. And then I joined codependence anonymous. Uh, which is part of the Alcoholic Anonymous, they have CODA. It's called CODA. It's like a 12-step program. Wow. I found it and I was like, oh my God, this is what I need. I'm codependent. And I thought everything was my fault. At this point, I didn't really know. I was. I, I started knowing that I was in an abusive relationship. I had no idea. I left wow, a relationship. You had no idea. A year after, I didn't know I was being, I was, I had been abused. I knew like wow. I didn't want to be here some days. I was heavily depressed. 
I didn't love myself. I didn't even know if I loved myself. I didn't know who I was. It was just such a blur. Mm-hmm. And I remember I, it started with getting to know myself, but I joined CODA and they're not allowed to give you advice or anything. You just share your story. But it seemed like every week I share the same story, how I felt that mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm not, I don't feel a change. I don't feel mm-hmm. anything change in me. Like what's going on? Like I, and I felt stuck for so many months. Wow. So I was like, okay, let's do a different type of thing. So I started taking ownership and accountability for my own healing and being my own advocate, being my own guru, life coach, healer, whatever. And I just went on YouTube. I started doing things. I started healing energy healings. I started healing my womb. I started healing the subconscious programming, then the inner child healing. And the biggest impact for me has been healing my feminine energy and my masculine energy. Because that was where the pivot happens, where I was so in my disempowered feminine, attracting this man, attracting all this low vibrational like situations and people and jobs. Mm. And it's when I I was like, Oh, my God, like, I want to be an empowered woman, how do I become that? Mm. So it was a lot of healing this feminine energy and learning when I'm in my shadow, when I'm not in my shadow, when I'm in my disempowered part of the feminine energy, Mm -hmm. which is the self sacrificing the people pleaser, the codependent. Uh, Oh, man, and it's it's yes, yes. So it's been I don't know, I'm just wondering if you have also experience that when in your own healing yes it's so funny you brought up that the the the, the feminine energy and the disempowerment energy because i feel uh, i'm not trying to take away from the accountability of those who perpetrate against us you know as women but i just want to just make sure i just want to bring it right back to some core issues you know a lot of times when we dismiss as you say that we dismiss or we disempower or we subconsciously disempower our feminine energy it creates a, a a gateway for a lot of mess to come in you know a lot of unwelcome behavior um toxicity traumas to make their way in when we don't honor our feminine energy our feminine truths our feminine our feminine um entitlement because i know the word entitlement has its own negative connotations but um i think as women um we are entitled to safety we're entitled to feeling belong. We're entitled to feeling loved and accepted. And that entitlement comes in when we recognize our worth and we push our femininity forward and, and kind of like, in a sense, create a, um, a barrier. You know what I'm trying to say though? Like a, yeah. And it's like also like combining the like the barrier, the boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. With the masculine energy that that's the protection. So it's also like within ourselves. So like for me, mm-hmm. I was so much in victimhood and I was so wounded. I had so much trauma, but I didn't know this. Okay. I did not know this. Mm-hmm. So when I left and I awakened and I learned all of this, I was like, oh my God, like I also have toxicity within me. And that was big for my ego that was a big ego injury for me because I didn't want to own to that that it was also my fault I have a question for you because when you said you didn't recognize it you didn't notice it well was because it was so normalized to you like how did I'm just curious so the way that I'm feeling led to answer that is that I was there was a lot of gaslighting but I, was, okay, that's it. I was made to feel that everything was my fault, even though I knew it wasn't my fault. I had evidence. I was made. It, he was so believable. Yes. <laughs> he <was> so manipulative, <laughs> manipulative. And he oh. was so good. It was a covert narcissist. So he was so skilled at gaslighting, making up all these lies, stories that somehow everything turned out to be my fault. And I believed that because I was so brainwashed that everything was my fault. And I didn't mm-hmm. know it within when I was in it that I was in a toxic, abusive relationship. Wow. I didn't know that. And I do say toxic because I actually felt toxic within my body. My health was impacted. My mental health mm-hmm. was impacted. I was felt sick. Like you just felt sick. I left. Oh yes. I felt like toxins. I had so many toxins. I was like, yeah, I felt toxic. It was a toxic situation. I and I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not even sorry to say he was a toxic human being. And we were toxic oh, yeah. to each other. Not only that, because when you learn, 
your wounding when you learn i was like oh that was a wound mate not a soulmate not a twin flame he was a wound mate we we kind of merge because of our own woundings and also it takes a big toll on your ego when you own this because you're like oh wow what am i getting out of this relationship i'm getting a benefit somehow because i'm still here you know, when I was analyzing, I was like, why did I stay so long? And I went back too because so, so much gaslighting. So that's when I didn't know. So when I learned about the red flags of narcissistic, covert narcissists specifically, I was numbed for a week because I couldn't believe it. It felt like I, everything was a lie. The relationship, it was just an illusion. It never really existed. Mm-hmm. It was not real. And that was really hard to overcome that nothing was real and all everything he said to me was not real. So I was in shock literally. Mm -hmm. And then I also started doing the reprogramming my nervous system and my cells, my DNA, everything, because everything changes. Like you have the trauma. Yes. Everything. It's at the biochemical level. Everything changes within you Mm. so it's not only that you are impacted emotionally have a broken heart like leaving those relationships it's it's a whole other type of breakup right that we don't we don't we're not taught we don't know why we're going through it no and a lot of and i'm curious to know because a lot of people of the relatives of these women especially mine would be just move on get over it you're too worth it i'm like of course i know but then i don't know (laughs) you know and it's like how do you guys support this women also when everybody in their lives is like, Oh, just move on. Just get over it. Mm-mm. No, we tend to make sure we let women, we, we tend, but we make sure that we, uh, women are, women are well aware that this process or this journey or this sense of recovery is going to look different for everyone. It's going to be case by case because everyone has their own origin. Everyone has their own generational story and everyone's um, impact and trauma started at different stages and there's different levels to it. It's a level of how, I mean, some women can, you know, endure some pain and move on and roll with the punches. And some women like can endure some pain and just break her completely down. So we just, we try not to come in with a playbook that we think affects all women. We just come with an open understanding that every story is going to look different. We're going to walk through, you know, what it looks like to get to point A to point B, but we're going to, we guarantee you it's not going to look linear it's not going to look straight and narrow we guarantee you be different and we guarantee you're going you're to possibly go back to whoever you're familiar with whatever that situation looks like you might go back because we as humans tend to go back to what's familiar yeah. and things are not familiar to us we get scared we get nervous we're like oh retreat you know and retreat is also part of the process and um, we and if you do retreat we welcome that you retreat let's go let's you want to go back okay okay i'm not gonna call you anything less or deem you anything less of going back i'm going to honor that because we have to honor the good and the bad they both have to have same level of significance either we want to like it or not and that's just what we do we just make sure women understand that you know this process is going to look very funny and very different and it's not going to be fun it's not going to be easy but we're going to honor how it looks like for you and for her or whoever um that's we try to create that sense of uh, that 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 sense of um comfort comfort for them i don't know if that works for your answer but yeah, yeah. Try to create that. and it also sounds like it's very empowering no matter what the decision is for them even if they go back it's like hey you're being sovereign in your decision you have agency mm-hmm. you have a choice and if you're choosing that it's still empowerment even though it's mm-hmm. not what we you know <laughs> it's still that because they are making it for themselves and we cannot mm-hmm. and like i would assume like with your organization mm-hmm. you don't tell people what to do like it's yeah. like they have to find the answers within themselves and if they choose to go you have to honor that because that's honoring themselves like my philosophy i always say that i don't i don't save people i help people okay i'm not gonna be here breastfeeding no 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 but you know just to save you and rescue your feet Mm -mm. because that creates that 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 deviates me from being that 
that hero in the story. No, you are your own hero. So if I change that mentality saying, yeah, I'm not, I'm not your hero. I'm not going to save you. I can guide you. Then that I put, basically I put the responsibility back on her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful because (laughs) part of (laughs) us being in those relationships, I don't know if it happened for you is that Mm -hmm. we wanted to save them. We wanted to fix them. We wanted to rescue them. I had that mentality when I started this way. I don't know exactly what I I walked in with that mentality. I'm going to be the woman. I'm going to be the one that's going to make him change. (laughs) You're going to wear yourself out. (laughs) Oh my God. The funny thing is that when I was within that relationship, when I thought everything was up to me, I was reading all the books. I was journaling. I was trying to do healing that I thought, and he would always say, I don't understand why you go to therapy, why you read all these books. You're still the same. And I would just be so like hurt by it. Mm. But oh my gosh, (laughs) you just had to, I mean, it, it, yep. That was your process, you know, it's, um, I don't know. And I read I a book and I read, I got a book at the, it was at the library even. Thanks. And I got a book and I don't remember the exact title. I wish I could, cause this is such a good story, but it was <laughs> something about how to change a man. And I was like, oh, I'm going to change him. I was just so empowered reading my book. I read through the damn book toward the end of the chapter. It said, you cannot change someone you have to change yourself. And I was just so mad the whole time. So angry just because the book immediately <laughs> led you to empower yourself, do the work Aww. for yourself. I was, but I was so angry. I like that. Like, I'm like, I read it to change him. So that kind of, even though I don't feel that book really changed mm-hmm. me, it sparked something within me that started my healing journey. Because that's, and that's, yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, like the books and those support groups and even conversations like this, these are seeds that are being planted, yes. you know, um, and we are planted seeds. Women can come hear this or women would, you know, you know, learn more about you, learn more about what we do, the work we do. And, and we are just planting the seeds and just being a resource, you know, so I like that. I'm noticing a lot that you're saying, you know, books have been a, a very part of integral part of your journey. And that's something that I need to do better on because sometimes, you know, I just get so caught up i'm like listen I'm like yeah i need to get back. i need to go back to book reading because you know how you get so caught up in your own yeah. self and your own mind like ah, i know that uh, whatever well the book's gonna tell me anything different no i need i sometimes we need refreshers yeah. that highlight that chapter again and like go back and read it so you sparked something in me that i need to go back and yeah. go back to those highlighted well, chapters yeah because i didn't like i said i didn't feel therapy helped me i didn't know mm. back then when i started my journey when i learned about narcissistic abuse there were only like four people talking about it on youtube Same. like no really no books about it with the title mm-hmm. and then i read codependent no more i read like so many books and then i had so much anger within me but i thought i was just an angry person i was lashing mm. out i was snap you know but mm-hmm. when I started doing the healing, I understood that it was all the injustices, everything that I wouldn't speak, yeah. everything that, the boundaries that I didn't set, everything was just being stuffed within me. And that was creating this anger, which then led to, I was depressed, but I was so angry inside. And it was just mm-hmm. like this rage. Uh, yes. <laughs> I felt like a pressure cooker. <laughs> yeah. So then what I learned is to do say is to treat anger as sacred. So I do a lot of anger release ceremonies, rituals within myself. So I have been able to release so much of stuff that I had within me. But I remember that he used to call me crazy. And he told so many people that I was crazy, that I was psycho, that I was possessive, that I was jealous. That's their go-to. That's their go-to yeah. script, man. That's yeah. a go-to yeah. script you're so, they they have it's it's like go ahead i'm sorry but that's yeah yeah and then just near <laughs> campaigns the things they say to you about you to other people like i used to care so much about what people thought of me back then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it, it it does have an impact it does mm-hmm. have an impact not only you're dealing with this breakup you're trying to do the healing but you're also trying to deal with the injustice of what everybody is not seeing and whenever I would talk about my stories, like I am not talking shit about him. I'm speaking mm-hmm. the truth, my truth, mm-hmm. my experience. I don't even mention him because it, he doesn't matter anymore in my life. Right, right. But, but it's like that life lesson impacted me profoundly. Wow. See, and, and that's what you needed. I mean, like sometimes it's all about what we're allowing, you know, what did we allow and what did we tolerate? 
to happen for so long and to its, its degrees, you know, the levels and degrees of tolerance that we have for those that, you know, we, we share ourselves with. So I'm so glad you brought that up because I just, like I said, I just, I'm, I didn't, I didn't process it that way. I just felt like, eh, you know, it's me again. You know, it's my fault. Like you said, it's, I didn't have a codependency issue in a sense. I have more of just, um, the allowance issue. I allowed and tolerated a lot. I had a high level of tolerance when it comes to a lot of BS that happened to me. And, um, and I think a lot of the allowance that I, um, experience had a lot to do with not recognizing my my thresholds my non-negotiables my sense of self-worth you know if i knew realized my self-worth if i realized what things i'm not going to negotiate with or not going to tolerate with and create like a hard stop on those i probably wouldn't have been in the situations that i've been but i never ever thought of, i needed to do that i thought people walk around knowing to be good to people i'm like yeah. maybe people just i just don't walk around with that sense of I'm going to make sure I don't hurt her feelings or her break her heart or that sense or, or violate her. And I have to know that people are just not going to walk away, walk, walk around with that moral compass. So that means we, like you said, we have to have those boundaries. Yeah. You know? It's so important. And it's also like this, I don't know, somehow it's always tying back for me to me mm-hmm. with the feminine masculine energy, because it is a mm-hmm. balance in healing, right? Mm-hmm. It's creating that polarity within yourself. So you can also heal the parts of you mm-hmm. that attract these people and the boundaries for me is very masculine energy. And I didn't have the boundaries. I felt so weak. I feel very disempowered, very wounded, very in my victimhood. And the funny thing is that before the relationship, I was, you can say, a little cabrona. Okay. Say like, oh, nobody messes with Mary. She's outspoken. Like, no, like, I mean, like, a mí nadie me va a hacer eso. And I ended up in that relationship. And that was mm-hmm. hard for me to know. My, how did I go from this cabrona to this woman? And like, how? I, it, you it's, know? it can be confusing. Oh, you just sparked something in me. I'm like, ah, oh, that's so confusing. And for me, it's like, well, this cabrona, because that is the word that I use for it, right? Uh, they say that in mi pueblo. <laughs> it uh-huh. was very toxic, masculine toxic masculine like uh you no man can do this to me i'm never gonna allow anyone but it was very wounded toxic masculine energy within me it's like Mm -hmm. i can do it all hustle go 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 work i'm gonna fix it i'm gonna do this it was i felt like that energy within me and then somehow that was broken it's he i don't know somehow it was broken like nice try yeah and then i i went to the opposite the polarity of that which is the wounded feminine energy and the journey has been like okay how do i regain my power mm-hmm. how do i regain mm-hmm. my power as a woman how do mm-hmm. i embody this loving feminine person that i truly am because if i used to think i was a horrible person mm-hmm. i used to think i had dark energy and my heart was so dark and my soul was so dark I used Mm -hmm. to think that and I had an Akashic Records reading and she said oh your soul is so beautiful and I started crying I was like you're the first person has told me that and like somebody who actually were looking into my soul internally Mm -hmm. I was like I've always felt like this and she's like no you just are so wounded that you created this mask of being a bitch or a mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and got into these relationships and that's what you needed to tear down that mask tear down that mm-hmm. version of you that is not true you just made her up because she helped you through childhood she helped you through a very painful high school experience here in the united states mm-hmm. so i was protecting my heart and i was like okay i'm like i don't want to walk around wounded i don't want to walk around thinking i don't need a man i can do it all i don't need help you know because mm-hmm. i think that's another reason why i was i stopped seeking professional help to help me because i'm like i'm gonna do it all i'm gonna that's- fix it up. i'm gonna be my savior you know savior but mm-hmm. i ended up i'm like no i'm like no i want to have an open heart mm-hmm. i want to still be loving i don't want my essence to die because of a stupid relationship relationship right. or yeah. a situation right i don't want to become bitter because i became bitter after that yeah that's what the anger comes in uh-huh. stoic, the anger i was just like i had so much hate within me and it was just this work of softening softening mm. like coming back to me my essence knowing who i am my truth knowing that i have a beautiful heart that i was just so afraid of getting hurt that i just built all these walls you know mm-hmm. 
And it's just been a beautiful journey. <laughs> you know what? Like I said, you hit on something. I'm sorry. I just keep saying you hit on something, something that's so, um, that goes back to my childhood because you're saying that you were hard. You had to you know, come in with being a tough woman, come in being, you know, you know, cabrona, like, you know, I'm, I, you know, I have all the answers and I have all the resolutions. I, I, can, I can get through this. I don't need any help. You know, I think now that I'm looking back, I'm hearing you and I'm looking back and reflecting on me. I feel like my, I had that speech, that narrative in my head. I think that was a learned behavior for me because my mother was like that with my father, even though my father was um, very, he was very passive. My mother's other aggressor. She was mm. very aggressive. And I learned that from her. I learned to be tough and, not, 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 you know, just put some context to who I am. I am Afro Latina, everyone who's listening in. You know, <laughs> if you listen to me, I look like a black woman, but you say Panameña, Panameña, okay? So, um, so back in my culture, you know, in Central Americana, you just have the Caribbean feel, the, the Latin Caribbean. You know, my mother, she became, she, she was always that, she was a force. I never, I only, the only moment I recognized my mom's feminine side let's say that is when she beautified herself mm-hmm. but other than that she had ramienta behind ramienta tool after tool come with me and i'll kill you mess with me and i'll mm-hmm. which you, she always had like conmigo no like a tough woman was like always ready to fight like the yes. warrior fight or flight warrior don't come with me she had so she basically was like you said that warrior with lipstick you know she was like ready and i i walked in i walked that walk you know i walked with that energy everywhere i go and i noticed when you said when you found when you soften yourself and found softness and beauty and softness beauty and ease let's just say that with the feminine energy that comes with beauty and ease that sense of the fight the having to make a stance and let people know that you're not the one you're going to, you know, let, creating uh, whatever, yeah. creating your warrior um, cry is not necessary for every situation. And sometimes it comes to a place that if we're going to come with that warrior cry, that masculine energy, let's say that for this instance, um, we have to dig in deep. And I had to realize and dig in deep in how it was serving me. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to come in with this masculine energy, how is it serving me? I'm like trying to figure out. It's not, I'm not getting there. Like, how is it serving me? Okay, good. Let's try the softness. How is it serving me? I am relaxed. I'm at ease. I can think clearly. I can play chess. (laughs) I can make my next move, my best moves, you know? I can um, create those boundaries without being so... um, uh, disrespectful or without being rude, I could create boundaries and still welcome loving spirits, loving energy. I don't know. It's just, uh, not that everyone, not that everyone's journey is going to look like that picture perfect like that, or look not picture perfect, but just look like that. But it's just, um, it's just a, a different mindset shift that can happen. When we tap it, Jess. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. I gotta think about that, my mom. Yeah, right now that you said we 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 uh, that warrior archetype for me, it's like mm. we have for me we have three archetypes. Well, we have so many. We have so yeah. many <laughs> ourselves at mm-hmm. any point. I own it. I'm a wild cyclical woman. I have mm-hmm. so many voices inside of my head. No, I am not bipolar. I don't have a multiple <laughs> personality disorder. I think it's switch. And the way I see it is different archetypes or versions of me within me. Sometimes the warrior comes on, the goddess. So for me, it's like the three main ones that I work with where I'm healing, not only me, I have my clients, it's mm-hmm. the goddess, which is the feminine <gasps> essence, the goddess. So that's like, that's been the journey. How do I embody this goddess because i'm like i don't know how to be in my body i don't feel sensual i don't feel sexy i don't you know i was Mm -hmm. so like out of tune with my body how do i reconnect Mm -hmm. with my body with how do i find beauty within me when i look in the mirror how do i love myself like it was Mm -hmm. just that it was so hard for me at the beginning and then there's this other part it's like a triangle right like a triangle so it's like the goddess my masculine side, I don't like saying masculine. I say the fierce feminine. Okay, I like that. Yes, because I don't feel like when I think masculine, I automatically think of a man. I do. Exactly. I do. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but I do. So mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. no, I'm very, 
I am a sun in Aries. I am a rising Gemini and I am a moon in Aries. Uh-huh. So I'm also, you know, I have a lot of fire within me. And then, so I'm very fiery. I'm very feisty. And all of that was taken away within when I was in those relationships. That's why I couldn't yeah. understand. So when I started doing the healing and really embodying my essence, it's like, I'm really feisty. I'm fiery, but not in a toxic way. Simply, mm-hmm. I own my truth. I want to speak my truth. I want to help women be empowered into being self-expressed into they, who they are without being... You own your presence. You know, your yes. presence is made known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for Very me, good. it's like the fierce feminine side of me like the masculine energy within me is fierce so i'm like oh fierce feminine that feels more better to me than masculine energy. yeah i like that a lot yeah and then there's this the part the other part when we are in our triggered or whatever is our inner child it's our (laughs) little the little us inside and that's like the one that's running the show 95 percent of the time where we are an autopilot in our subconscious and only five percent of the time you're conscious of what you're doing right so it's like this triad that really has helped me be integrated feel more integrated Mm -hmm. feel more Mm -hmm. more embodied because sometimes i still have moments when i get upset angry when i react Mm -hmm. out of impulsivity and it's like oh that's my inner child i'm like what is going on and then i just you know it brings so much awareness yeah, it's like it goes back. It gives you that sense of connection to realizing what's happening in your body. You know, you it just have you run, you read that book, Women Run Women Run with the Wolves, right? Yeah. By Clarissa. Yeah. Her name off last name. That's like my Bible to me. Um uh, that's when I heard like the archetype woman. I'm like, I just it's a Bible to me. Uh, Women Run with the Wolves, written by the Latina woman. Um, she broke down all the aspects of healing all the way to being that warrior and um, being even the wolf pack, you know. Oh, it's just so wonderful. It's a thick, thick book, but um, it's like a Bible to me. And I often go back to that book every now and then to kind of like give myself a check and balance, you know, in a sense, like I'm forgetting something or I am, you know, I'm starting to sense that a little bit of um, dysregulation. Mm-hmm. because I think that when we experience a lot of trauma or disruption of our ease, our feminine energy, I call it my ease, because for those who don't, my ease. So <laughs> if we experience a lot of disruption in that. I feel like a lot of times that we lose a little touch of um, what it is, what it feels to be soft again. So, and that's when the trauma comes in. So I'm, like I said, I'm so glad that you taught, you know, brought those three points, those three pillars up because we all live in those spaces yeah and it's so one place hard. another mm-hmm. and it's so hard when we're triggered or activated or when yeah. we are in that trauma state it's so hard mm-hmm. to come out of that consciously right because we're so triggered and it's because our nervous system is all activated you are in sympathetic state it's so mm-hmm. hard for you to calm down and a lot of times people are like meditate i'm like ah oh, that doesn't work when you're activated <laughs> for me what <laughs> works is anger release work is mm-hmm. temper tantrum techniques i do mm-hmm. eft when i'm angry and i just start tapping i eft uh, for me has been so powerful but i just i just do my chin i don't do the whole points for wow. some reason this works the chin just works and i just start saying whatever like lashing out whatever mm-hmm. i do it on my own because i'm like i this is the way to release the anger i don't have to lash out out people I'll right. go and do my inner work and then I come out and I, I'm in a better mindset in a better state to mm-hmm. respond or not respond or to say something or not say anything. But a lot of times it's like, it's your, it's, it's your responsibility to take care of your feelings when you're triggered. Yes, right. Right. And do something to trigger you. But at yeah. the end of the day, it's, it's you, you know, mm-hmm. I like it. I like the different, I mean, and I never thought about it. Like I would do what I do when I'm feeling triggered. I think I just in, invert, I invert in, I internalize and I get real, real quiet. I become a hermit. <laughs> I become <laughs> very hermit. I feel very observant and just, I, I feel like I become mute in a sense. Like I just become selectively just, just, I don't want to speak to anyone. I just become just like, you know, you know, like just nothing, nothing, I don't have anything. Yeah. And that happens to me. And what mm-hmm. I realized is that I was too much in my head, thinking, thinking, overthinking, mm-hmm. journaling, and and my anger was in my body. Like mm-hmm. the trigger was in my body. That's when I got up. I was like, okay, let's do this. So I do my anger 
my energy healings in a different way. So I do the tapping and I start speaking whatever it is, because that helps the throat mm-hmm. chakra that helps like speak up what you are holding inside, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then I just start putting angry music. There's this like, if you go YouTube, <laughs> angry music, literally, there is a YouTube video, somebody created it. Thank God for that person. It's beautiful music, but it's just like mm-hmm. heavy metal music, but it's called angry music. Wow. <laughs> I put that mm-hmm. and I just start smashing a guy. If there's a pillow, I usually go to the garage right now. So there's bags with clothes. <laughs> I just, uh. them. I just <laughs> thump, I dance. Like I do a lot of like movement with my body. Mm-hmm. After that, sometimes I just start crying. Yeah. The release is so powerful. And then I'm so happy. And I'm like so happy. So I was like, wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like powerful because I used to spend days with holding things in just thinking about it and feeling like crap and right now it's like no let's move quickly through this but let's also feel it let's welcome honor it, it. Honor honor it. Honor. it's not like oh i just want to bypass it and get it over with like i no, no no that's mm. not my journey but meaning it came for I, a reason. Wanna, I don't want to stay stuck for days with mm-hmm. that situation in me so i just like move through it as fast as i could and it's just been beautiful for me. <laughs> I always tell, I mean, that's amazing because you know what? I always encourage people that, you know, I counsel and like, yeah, let welcome, like you said, welcome those negative energies, honor them, let them come in, let them come out, but don't let them stay. Yeah. Okay. They have to come in, release it and feel it because if that's you human, let them go and then move on, find something that you do, you know, cause you have flashbacks. I don't know about you, but I have flashbacks, you know, some like really bad experiences or something that I've done or something that happened to me. That's trauma. You know, that's part of the trauma, the flashbacks, right? So I get some of the visualization and some of the intrusive thoughts will come in or and then emotions will come in and I'm like, okay, what do I do? It's coming. It's coming. I'm not going to get mad and try to avoid it. Like, eh, don't fight it. So I just like, have to come on, let it go through how long it's going to be here. And just process it, like you said, and just breathe through it or not meditate, but, you know, do something active to put, you know, to help push that feeling through. But you got to welcome it, like you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's different. So different emotions for me have a different type of healing modality. Like if it's anger, things like anxiety, especially, is (sighs) active work. If it's sadness, like I'm sad, I'm heartbroken. That's a different type of healing work. I will do a womb healing. I would mm. do Reiki, I would do, I would do like a yoni egg and to release all the trauma story in my womb. That's what I just did. Um, I'm going through a divorce right now. So that's what I had to do. I was like, I'm releasing everything. And it's like, you put the yoni egg, and then you do the energy healing and everything that's in the egg. It's a rose quartz, the one that I have. Mm-hmm. And that's another healing. So it like, it depends. And it's, it's different for a lot of emotions. I, I mean, they're intuitive. My healing modalities are intuitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just had to work with what um, works for me, what makes me feel back at home in my emotional state, which is joyful. I'm very silly. I'm very happy. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I didn't even know what was my home state. Mm-hmm. My home state used to be angry resentful depressed bitter and I was like oh my god even like there's moments that I have come back to that and I'm like oh that doesn't feel like me I miss me and it's like oh my god my new state now is abundance is joy yes I'm still sad sometimes throughout the day angry frustrated but who I am today is so different that I'm like oh my god how did I go so many years like that that. you're like uh how did I make you because you were young and your body was able to take some of those beatings as we get older our body can only take certain amount of damage you know some of it hits you know and I just I'm because I'm learning so much through this because um it's so funny and not funny but it's so ironic that you say that because many times something I have to practice on you just said it like for different emotions that come in that travel let's say the moves that travel through our bodies you know require different modalities on how to treat it you know because they're they're traveling in different parts of our body I can't treat the way I, I feel down in my womb the same way I treat feel in my head or my mind like you said um, or in my throat and um, I think a lot of times um like I said, there's so much work that comes, that's so much, there's work that comes with healing. And a lot of times that it's like starting over, 
in life, yeah. right? And a lot of times we don't want to welcome it or it becomes so much, it's just, it's just discouraging altogether, right? But like you said, if we can just not use one modality or one form of healing for all parts of our body and just figure out what parts of our body is wounded and, and analyze that wounded part and just find out what works for that wounded area instead of trying to figure it all, all, all together and making it a whole overwhelming experience. And I'm to this day, just hearing you now, I never put it in that perspective that that's, that makes sense because if we're looking at scriptures, we find out different scriptures for different situations, different books for different situations. Doctor prescribes different things for different situations. We should also approach healing and emotional healing with that same modality as well, too. Yeah, hmm. that's actually a very good point. Yeah, yeah. You're like, mm, you just sparked something within me. Sparked something. Because <laughs> I'm like, either I have been doing it and not noticing it, or I just haven't been pronounced that way, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad you brought that out. I hope those that are listening can understand that too, because... Yeah. And so many yeah. of our woundings, like when unworthy, you're going to treat it different than... Un- well, they're tied to not enough, undeservingness, like all of that. Yeah. So how mm-hmm. they connect... But at the mm-hmm. same time, they're so different because there's so many situations and mm-hmm. emotions attached to each of those mm-hmm. wounds. And all mm-hmm. those wounds for me are core wounds, like unworthiness, not enough, feeling mm-hmm. neglected, or like all those come from mm-hmm. unmet needs. Mm-hmm. No, there was unmet yeah. something that was not met when you were little, created this wound, you created this mask to protect that part of you. And it mm-hmm. stayed frozen in a way, and you become an adult carrying this frozen wounds within you with that situation, that emotion, that time, right. that, that. and then you just carry all this baggage, right? So when we start dating, oh, hello, that's when they come up. <laughs> They're right there. <laughs> and if you, if somebody abandons you, oh my God, I remember when my dad wasn't there for me. I remember when this happened, when I felt mm-hmm. abandoned, and like everything just snowballs. So I do feel like it's a good idea to look at it separate, but also whole because it is so yeah. part of what made you, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a different type of modality for me, at least every tool, everything that I use, it's, it's different for every wound that I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. I mean, it brings so much clarity and it's refreshing to hear it that way because like there's so much material out there and so many women speaking from a place of, you know, teaching um, the, the wound, the wound trauma and all of the energies that come along with what we welcome when we're being traumatized and whatnot. But sometimes breaking it down in simplest terms can create, can create a sense of someone feeling the courage to go seek the assistance they need. Because when it's like this, when things become too difficult or too overwhelming, you're like, forget it. I'm going, to create, I'm going to be more stressed out or I become re-traumatized because we have to watch that ourselves too. Re-traumatization is so real. A lot of people don't recognize they're being traumatized or re-traumatized because I'm asking like, oh, you went to a therapy session or you went to a support group session. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't go again. It was really bad, bad experience. I'm like, you know, that's kind of low-key re-traumatization. What happened? And we start breaking things down. I'm like, there's a lot of people re-traumatizing people out here. You know, so we got to be very conscious of them. So I'm so glad you broke it down that way because. Yeah, and there's a lot of like EFT is one of those modalities that I, you don't have to tell the story. You don't have mm. to remember it. There's like, for me, I do a modality where it's inner child healing. I take myself back to that situation. So I mm. relive the situation in my body because mm. I am able to handle it. But there's clients, like you said, they're so fragile in a way. They're not mm. ready for that. They're not ready to talk about it. So EFT you can just talk about the emotions. You can talk about different things and it still would have the same effect. That's one of the okay. reasons. About it. Yeah, you don't have to relive, retell the story because a lot of people, and even when they go to support groups, hearing other women, it triggers something within them. Yeah. 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 yeah it provokes some energy. Yeah. Even with <laughs> your friends, I was texting with a friend the other day and she said to me, wow, what you just said to me, reminded me of something and now i'm feeling the pain but she's ready for that to that for to have that awareness and she's like wow i didn't even know that was still within me but it's like oh we also have to be a little careful navigating those conversations with people and be trauma informed Mm -hmm. and know about it because it can be pretty traumatizing for so many women to go through the same thing like hearing it you know or just telling their story again yeah 
Yeah, so that's, that's, and that's why it's so important that when we open, we expect people to be brave and open them up, you know, open their story up, open their lives to us. I always tell our, you know, some of our members that when we open, we have to close, okay? So if we're going to honor people opening their brave, courageous story or brave, I call it brave, brave vulnerability, you know, because that's vulnerability and that's braveness and that we have to help make sure we close that wound. And make sure they're able to process whatever it is they need to process it. So right. closing the energetic loops. Closing the yes, so you gotta close them. This has been <laughs> a beautiful conversation. I'm so yeah. happy that you were able to connect with me. And I just wanted to ask like a few more questions before. Yeah, we- go ahead. Mm-hmm. What is your truth today? <laughs> My truth today. <laughs> oh, like. Oh, I have so many, but um, my truth today is I deserve peace, I deserve ease, and I deserve safety. Those are the things that come up to me lately because, you know, I just, you know, been through some weird, difficult situations and trauma, all that's happened on TV and all that's happened around us. I'm like, okay, what can I do about me right now? You know, I deserve peace, I deserve ease and safety. That's my truth today. Beautiful. And it's a great reminder to also do that for us. Like, what do I deserve? Like, what do I, what are my non-negotiables? Like, what are the things I am not going to put up with? What do I want in a new partnership, not only with a man, but with anyone in contact with, right? Like a Mm -hmm. friendship, even a friendship, there's friendships that are toxic. So it's like, deserve safety, feeling happy <laughs> joyful so, like you know mm-hmm. feeling like just excited. i can be relaxed i don't have to feel tenuous uh, nice. or, or just nervous or uncomfortable or insecure like i don't have i'm not i'm not doing that <laughs> i'm not doing it anymore like no if i feel unease unease i just can't do this and so what is one um I guess ritual that you do every day to stay in your truth and your alignment in your essence and in your power. You know what? It's very simple. I listen to music. I listen to music that empowers me. Listen to music that makes me tap back into my side. Music is therapeutic to me. I cannot tell you, you know, it's just such a, a necessary tool for me. Even, um, some of the verses or the songs or whatever, it just, it just does something to my, to my body. Um, so I do listen to music. That's something that I do for my mental and emotional sensitivity and need. And, um, physically I move, I work out a lot. So movement is everything to me. If I would say, if I don't move, I don't heal. Oh my God. If I don't, if I'm not moving or sleeping, I'm not healing. Mm-hmm. So I need to move. I'm going to get some sleep. I don't know how I am. But <laughs> The movement, I'm like, okay, so those things I really, really take very, very significant importance to music for me and um, movement, the two M, M and M's. Yeah, music mm-hmm. for me has been such a powerful tool for healing, especially because you know how some men dedicate songs to you. So when he used to do that, I used to hate the songs. Like, at, at the, like after it, I couldn't even listen to the songs. And when I started healing and really getting over him, I was able to listen to the song. Oh, wow. And sometimes mm-hmm. the songs would bring up memories and I would be crying, but I was releasing for me. I'm like, this is healing. I'm like, I'm not mm-hmm. suffering. I'm healing. Mm-hmm. And I'm to the point that I can listen to the songs and I, it has no attachment to him. Wow. So that's good. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, it, like I use it for healing different emotions. I listen at the gym. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's. <laughs> good that's awesome that's good i i that's good that's came a long way so yeah, yeah pretty yeah. pretty good yeah <laughs> so okay so last question is obviously where can anyone find you connect oh. with you i know you mentioned that a little bit at the beginning mm-hmm. but if they want to be part of your or your community Thanks. where can everybody go and find you everything's going to be in the show notes but i just want you to say yeah so we are on all mostly all social media outlets as yo soy ella inc and yo soy is y-o-s-o-y-e-l-l-a inc inc so you can find us on all social media outlets on yo soy ella inc and then our website is www.yosoeya.org 
And if you're interested in partaking part of our healing community, our sisterhood, or our community of women, let's just say that, right? Um, you can definitely contact us through our website or our Instagram page and just hit up email or contact directly or message us. We're really easy to contact and I'll respond back to you within 20, 40, 40 hours, but I'm here. So, uh, oh, one question now okay. that you're saying this. Is this only local? No, we do. No, we. This is local. I mean, we're based in Chicago, but we have we we go to all the suburbs, you know, in Chicago. We we travel out, but mostly, well, now during COVID, right? We've been doing things virtually. We've had wonderful workshops in the Caribbean, in Jamaica, in in in, um, Barbados, and in international. (laughs) Yeah, so we've done workshops there and all over the place. Even in Mexico, we've done workshops there too virtually. So we've been pretty dope, and some in Canada too. So we've been working oh, here wow. there. you are international now that's amazing. yeah and yes. so, so this is amazing mm-hmm. okay. so anyone mm-hmm. here that's not from local like <laughs> no no you can contact us yeah oh, you can contact us and we will host a workshop or we'll do an individual counseling or i call it an individual um a healing session with us discuss through discussion we can do that virtually from wherever you part of the world you are we're, we're available we have signal or wi-fi <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just want to say something else right now that you said counseling, just because, because I have to say this, um, just because therapy didn't work for me per se, it doesn't mean it's not an amazing tool. It it totally, totally is for so many women. And for me, it's like an integrative approach of different modalities that helps you really heal and be and feel cool again. So just wanted to say that because I don't want Mm -hmm. people to be like, you're against therapy. I am not. Mm -hmm. no maybe the therapist at that time it was not the best fit for me i'm not i'm not close to it i'm just you know i'm it just it wasn't for me it didn't connect to you and it's completely okay and support groups don't connect to people too so it's like it's like like whatever it is or reiki or any type of spiritual practice may not connect to a lot of people it's what works best for you and your healing that's 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 what we go back to what we're saying that everyone's journey looks completely different um so if people don't want to talk to someone individually we always encourage them to go to support groups and it's also cost effective too if you cannot afford therapy because therapy lately is costly wow. so costly and so many wait lists out there um support groups are very cost effective our support system our support group is completely free so we have that resource for you if you want to talk through you know any, any emotional or mental condition that you're experiencing we're here Okay. Yeah. Well, thank mm-hmm. you so much Sarah, you. for connecting with me telling us your story why you started your organization your community okay. i'm mm-hmm. so glad to have met a latina mm-hmm. that is so into empowerment and also about feminine masculine energy yeah. that you were able <laughs> to be open to share this conversation with me thank mm-hmm. you so much well, thank you for reminding me. I'm 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 overjoyed and I'm just loving this conversation and I, I learned a lot here. So really, really awesome. I would like oh, you should also like in the comments put the books. Oh yes, yeah. maybe it could be a good resources for everyone. But no, I thank you so much, Mary. This is wonderful. Thank you. Well, have a good day. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. Have a good one, everyone. Thank you so much for being part of this conversation for Feminine Truth Podcast. This podcast is for you, for me, for us, for the Feminine Collective. Thank you so much for spending your time and energy with us. Share on Instagram and Facebook stories what resonated with you. And if you're listening to this and for anyone to get a hold of this podcast at Feminine Truth Podcast, and if you feel called to, Leave us a review, let us know your thoughts, let let us know how this has felt for you listening to the podcast. And the episodes are going to be every Tuesday, so I cannot wait to see you next time. Sending so much love.